If you would turn for our scripture reading to Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Beginning at verse 1. Our Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? and the Son of Man, that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field and birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now, if you would turn over to Hebrews chapter 2. The book of Hebrews. Let's pick up at verse 5. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who, for a little while, was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctified and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell you of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. 
Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now, the best thing I ever purchased at a garage sale was this ladder. Some 25 years ago, it came with an instruction book. It said step one, step two, and step three. <laughs> I bought it for $5. It's very sturdy. It's all wood, and you can see it's very useful. It's useful for painting. I've never been on the top rung. It's too high for me. Scripture presents to us a ladder of created beings. And up here are angels. Now, within angels, there are various ranks revealed to us. There are cherubim, there are seraphim, there are archangels within the created order of angels. And then, of course, there is us. There is mankind, who he made in his image and gave dominion over the physical creation. And the first Adam and Eve, all the way down to ourselves. The question before us is where is Jesus on this ladder? Where is Jesus? We know where he will be. Verse 5 tells us, for it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come. He's speaking about that future world, the kingdom of God, of which we're speaking. It wasn't to angels that he subjected them. And he tells us, in verse 6, it has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Verse 8 says, now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. In verse 9 again, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. So where is Jesus? We know as the second person of the Trinity, he is uncreated, he's not even on the ladder, he is exalted, but he became man. He was made for a little while lower than the angels in rank. This speaks of his humanity, the humanity of Christ. And the writer of Hebrews very, very much wants us to get that God became man and dwelt among us. He wants us to get his humanity. 
he takes Psalm 8, which I read, and this is in chapter 2 here now, and while Psalm 8 speaks of mankind in general, the writer of Hebrews applies Psalm 8 Christologically, that is particularly to the person of Christ himself. And so he begins in verse 6, he says, speaks to the Father, what is man that you're mindful of him, of the Son of Man, that you care for him? That is, why, why do you think of Jesus? Why do you care for him? Why do you lead him? Where do you lead him, Father? We know he will be crown, glory, and honor, and all things, and heaven and earth, visible and visible, will be under his subjection, under his rule, and his reign on that future day, but not yet. Verse 7 and 8, you have made him for a little while lower than the angels. Verse 9, but we see him, him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus. This is the human name that was given to Christ, the second person of the Trinity, through the incarnation we celebrate every Christmas, when uh, he became man, fully human, fully God. Two natures in one person. Angels now, we've already learned in all of their ranking, they are not the sun. They're not worshipped. They are created. They minister where they are directed, where they are told, where they are assigned. The sun is greater, worshipped, eternal, unchangeable, sovereign Lord, before all and beyond all. He alone sits at the seat of honor at the Father's right hand. But we read here, but for a little while, he was made lower than the angels in rank through the incarnation. He obediently received and accepted the body that the Father had prepared for him and took on human nature and then therefore was fit and able to accomplish the task that the Father had assigned to him to die for our sins as the second Adam, to be tempted to suffer, suffering of death. He, the end of verse 9 says, uh, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. So on the ladder of creation, he willingly subjected himself, he willingly became man because mankind is lower than the angels in rank. And the eternal, exalted Son of God would become man and be tempted with every temptation. And though eternal and exalted, he went down to the bottom rung and knew the depths of temptation, knew the suffering and the weakness and the cost of salvation. He tasted death for everyone. And so the elevation of Jesus, the sovereign rule of Christ that is coming, is not just because of his willingness to take on humanity. It's also because of his willingness to die for our sins. 
to suffer and die for everyone. The substitutionary death of Christ. That he took our place. He took your place. He died for, for you. That's the perfect human being with no sin, the second Adam. The writer wants us to get this, that he became a true human being on the lowest step with us. Chrysostom, who's a ancient church theologian, uh, called one of the church fathers, he wrote this, that Christ died for the faithful uh, not just for the faithful, but for the whole world. At the end of verse 9, death for everyone. That means he died for your siblings. He died for your, your kids. He died for your friends at school. He died for your co-workers. He died for your parents and everyone. And Chrysostom says he died for all. But what if not all have believed he writes, Christ has fulfilled his own part. He has done what the Father committed him to do. He has accomplished the work, the task of salvation. He did his part. And what he means by that is what will you do your part in the sense of faith, putting your faith in him, your trust in him, to know that you're a sinner and, and that he died for you to turn from your sins and receive the death of Jesus Christ as a just punishment for your sins that was paid in full through his death that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. The amazing grace of God is most perfectly expressed in his willingness to die for us, for everyone. Now, history is full of pioneers. Pioneers are those who blazed the trail first. They went where others could not go. They led the way. They paved the way for others to follow. Where Charlene and I used to minister, Arnstein, that was a pioneer village in a way. Um, that's where this ladder came from. German and Italian immigrants had been granted lots of land if they could make their way up there and push through the bush and find a way to claim their land and to clear it. They were then given it by the government. There are pioneer villages around and there are pioneer trails all over the place. I was looking at a picture of a great rock in Oregon where pioneers would come up to this great rock and there was no way around it. You had to go over it. It was the only option for them. And so they would put heavy ropes and they would, if they could, pull their wagons and their loads and their horses, they would pull them up the rock. It was, it's called Devil's Rock to this day because it was so difficult. And so many would get to the rock 
and turn back and turn away. It was too difficult for them. And on these rocks where the ropes would be dragging, you can still see cut into the rock gashes and marks from the pioneers and their pulleys. And, and around nearby trees, you can see scarring around the trees that were used to pull their wagons up. Those trees still live. This picture is important because in verse 10, Jesus, our Savior, is presented to us as a pioneer, the one who went first, the one who led the way, the one who brings many sons to glory. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, so we get a picture of his deity there, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. The founder. This is translated, that word, in various ways in different um, translations. Some will have the, the author. Some will have the finisher. Um, some will have the founder. And some have the word pioneer. They're all meaning the same. The one who went first. The one who led the way for many sons to come to glory. And this pioneer, this Christ, made a way, and made a very strange path. It was a new path, a hard path. It was through suffering. His crucifixion, his death, he who is the way and who bears the scars himself on his body, bears the gashes and the marks himself. The readers of Hebrews were suffering persecution. And these sons and daughters of Christ uh, were experiencing suffering and the prospect of more suffering. And they were knowing grief and martyrdom and the rejection of the community. And you and I know that perhaps that will be our path. It may well be your path in the future. As Christianity is slowly being rejected in our country, and as we are marginalized more and more, and Bill C4, you know, presents biblical morality as a myth. Remember this, the Son of God, the God-man, blazed the trail. He knows suffering. And we are never alone when we suffer. And he was not only the, uh, the first blazing the trail, but the first to rise from the dead. And he died and rose was buried, ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. He has made the way. He himself is the way. And he said to Thomas, see my hands, as he showed him his marks. And he invited Thomas to put his hand into his side where the spear had gone. 
there is on his body the evidence of the path that our great pioneer blazed and leads us on as we follow in faith and trust in him. And so he tells us, for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source, that's the Father. That is why he's not ashamed to call us brothers. We are brothers. And then he takes another psalm here and he applies it to Jesus and ourselves. He says, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. So he's one with us, my brothers, and I'm going to sing the praise of the Father. And again, I will put my trust in him. This is interesting because the expression here is we tend to assume that he's putting his trust in God. But what the son is saying, I'll put my trust in him, is his brother. And what he's saying is, I have confidence in those who are with me. I have confidence in those who have put their faith in me. That they're not going to drift away. That they are reliable and true and desire holiness and will, will come after me on this trail, on this journey of faith. And he says, we're together in verse 13. I will put my trust in him and again, behold, I and the children God has given to me. Verse 14, he took on humanity. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same. He became man. He became fully human. That through death he might destroy the one. He, we needed a second Adam, a perfect one to die for our sins. We needed someone in flesh and blood. He says he did that, that he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who fear death were subject to lifelong slavery. And the picture again is him leading us out, taking us away from slavery to freedom, freedom from the fear of death. It's been said that mankind is a slave to what he fears. There's a lot of fear in our community. A lot of fear. The fear of death turns people inward to their passions and their lusts. And mankind so wants to be significant and to matter and to continue on. So mankind rages that they will not go into the night and, and mankind speaks vain things about itself. Some look to dig and go down into the earth so that death cannot find them, making their bunkers and their survival places. Some hope to go up to see mankind reach for the moon and the Mars and they speak of interstellar travel and bases on Mars, even though we haven't been back to the moon since the 60s. And so many give in to temporary pleasures to numb or escape the fear of death, give themselves fully into 
sinful past. The fear of death can cause some to turn away and to freeze down there on the bottom rung, to look for some other step, to look for some other path, to even try and pull themselves up higher than angels themselves, to be more significant and more special, though we have not the strength. Jesus says, in this world you'll have trouble, but I have overcome the world. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, don't go wandering. Don't look for other trails. Don't quit. The first pioneer, he did his part. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, don't lose sight of him. He sits at the Father's right hand. I would put this up here, and if I could, but I'll have to use it here. He sits at the Father's right hand, exalted, and all things will be put in subjection to him. And what's wonderful is we will rule with him as his children, his followers. He did the hard part. And whatever you're going through, he went deeper and darker. We follow him. We won't lose sight of him. We will keep the faith. Because where he leads, he leads on to the promised land. He leads on to glory. He leads on to the new Jerusalem. He leads on to the city of God. He leads on to the kingdom of heaven. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. We are down here, but in Christ Jesus, we know there's coming a day when we will rule and reign with him as his disciples. And in verse 16, he tells us that we're helped by him. He will help us. The word help is used twice. It's used verse 16. It's used in verse 18. That he helps us. He's merciful. He's faithful. We're told he's a, a, a faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. He intercedes for us. He makes sacrifice for us. He is the sacrifice. And so there is a man, the God-man, the one who became man, who through his suffering and his death, his resurrection and his ascension and coronation, takes his seat at the Father's right hand And all things will be in subjection to him. And he takes us with him. The scripture says this. Do you not know? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? (laughs) That we will have a higher rank than angels. Bob Deffenbaugh writes this. He says... Man is temporarily lower than the angels, 
but he will be higher than the angels in the age to come. We're meant to grasp this, that the reason that man will be higher than the angels in the age to come is that when we inherit salvation and fully enter into the benefits of a covenantal relationship with our God, it's because the Lord brought it about. It's because the Lord, the Christ, became man, became Jesus. I hope you're okay with heights because you're going to be high with him. You will be reigning with him, ruling with him. So hold on, brothers and sisters. Grasp his hand. He offers it always to you to help you. He went before you. He was tempted in every way and he suffered and made sacrifice. And he bears the marks of the great pioneer. Take his hand, hold on to him. He will lift you high. He reaches down, he will lift you high, put your faith in him, keep your faith in him, and he will lead you to glory. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that he who is the way that he suffered for us and made sacrifice for our sins. And that he invites us to believe and be saved. To be his disciples. And there is promises made to us, Lord, that we know there is a great day coming. That we will be with Christ and continue to minister and rule and reign with our brother in the great congregation. Father, life is hard now, perhaps getting harder this year, even next year, and there will be challenges and trials in our lives. There will be health issues, money issues, there will be family issues, and work issues, and on and on it will go. But your hand is held out to us, and we take it in faith, and we know you will help us, and we know that you lift us high upon that rock. You lift us to where you are. We praise you and thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Amen.